This is the London Visited podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go back to part two of our podcast episodes, where we look at the Arsenal stadiums. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering so many places across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. The Emirates Stadium, known as Arsenal Stadium for UEFA competitions, is a football stadium in Holloway, London. It's been the home of Arsenal Football Club since its completion in 2006. It's got a current seating capacity of 60,704, making it the fifth largest football stadium in England by capacity. In 1997, Arsenal explored the possibility of relocating to a new stadium, having been denied planning permission by Islington Council to expand its home, Highbury. After considering various options, including the purchasing of Wembley Stadium, the club bought an industrial and waste disposal estate in Ashburton Grove in 2000. A year later, they received the council's approval to build a stadium on the site. Manager Arsene Wenger described this as the biggest decision in Arsenal's history since the board appointed Herbert Chapman. Relocation began in 2002, but financial difficulties delayed work until 2004. Emirates was later announced as the main sponsor for the stadium. The entire stadium project was completed in 2006 at a cost of £390 million. The club's former stadium was redeveloped as Highbury Square, an apartment complex. The stadium has undergone a process of arsenalisation since 2009, with the aim of restoring visible links to Arsenal's history. The stadium has hosted international fixtures and music concerts. Spectator safety at football grounds was a major concern during the 1980s, following incidents of hooliganism and disasters such as the Bradford City Stadium fire and the Heysel Stadium disaster in 1985 and the Hillsborough disaster in 1989. The Taylor report into the Hillsborough tragedy was finalised in January 1990 and recommended the removal of terraces, standing areas in favour of seating. Under the amended Football Spectators Act of 1989, it became compulsory for first and second tier English clubs to have their stadia all seated in time for the 94-95 season. Arsenal, like many other clubs, experienced difficulty raising income for coveted terraced areas. At the end of the 1991 season, the club introduced a bond scheme which offered supporters the right to purchase a season ticket at its renovated North Bank stand of Highbury. The board felt this was the only viable option after considering other proposals. They did not want to compromise on traditions nor curb manager George Graham's transfer dealings. At a price between £1,000 to £1,500, the 150-year-old bond was criticised by supporters, who argued it potentially blocked the participation of those less well-off from supporting Arsenal. A campaign directed by the Independent Arsenal Supporters Association brought relative success as only a third of all bonds were sold. The North Bank was the final stage to be refurbished. It opened in August 1993 at a cost of £20 million. The rework significantly reduced the stadium's capacity, from 57,000 at the beginning of the decade to under 40,000. High ticket prices to serve the club's existing debts and low attendance figures forced Arsenal to explore the possibility of building a larger stadium in 1997. The club wanted to attract an ever-growing fan base and financially complete with the biggest clubs in England. 
By comparison, Manchester United enjoyed a rise in gate receipts. The club went from £43.9 million in 1994 to £87.9 million in 1997 because of Old Trafford's expansion. Arsenal's initial proposal to rebuild Highbury was met with disapproval from local residents as it required the demolition of 25 neighbouring houses. It later became problematic once the east end of the stadium was granted Grade 2 listing in July 1997. After much consultation, the club abandoned its plan. Deciding on a capacity of 48,000 was not large enough. Arsenal then investigated the possibility of relocating to Wembley Stadium and in March 1998 made an official bid to purchase the ground. The Football Association, the FA, and the English National Stadium Trust opposed Arsenal's offer, claiming it harmed England's bid for the 2006 FIFA World Cup, which FIFA itself denied. In April 1998, Arsenal withdrew its bid and Wembley was purchased by the English National Stadium Trust. The club, however, was given permission to host its UEFA Champions League home ties at Wembley for the 98-99 and 99-2000 seasons. Although Arsenal's time in the competition was brief, twice exiting the group stages, the club set its record home attendance, 73,707 against Long, and earned record gate income in the 98-99 season, highlighting potential profitability. In November 1999, Arsenal examined the feasibility of building a new stadium in Ashburton Grove. Anthony Spencer, estate agent and club property advisor, recommended the area to director Danny Feisman and vice chairman David Dean, having scoured over North London for potential areas. The land, 450 metres, 490 yards from Highbury, was composed of a rubbish processing plant and industrial estate, 80% owned by varying levels by Islington Council, Railtrack and Sainsbury's. After passing the first significant milestone at Islington Council's planning committee, Arsenal submitted a planning application for a new build 60,000-seater stadium in November 2000. This included the redevelopment project at Drayton Park, converting the existing Grand Highbury to flats and building a new waste station in Loff Road. As part of the scheme, Arsenal intended to create 1,800 new jobs for the community and 2,300 new homes. Improvements to three railway stations, Holloway Road, Drayton Park and Finsbury Park, were included to cope with the increased capacity requirements for matchday crowds. Islington Stadium Communities Alliance, ISCA, an alliance of 16 groups representing local residents and businesses, was set up in January 2000 as a body against the redevelopment. Alison Carmichael, a spokeswoman for the group, said of the move, it may look like Arsenal are doing great things for the area, but in its detail, the plan is awful. We blame the council. The football club just wants to expand and make more money. Tom Lamb, an ISCA member, was concerned about air pollution and growing traffic, adding that it is a consequence which most Arsenal fans would never see because they are in Islington only for about 30 days a year. Seven months after the planning application was submitted, a poll showed that 75% of respondents, 2,133 residents, were against the scheme. By October 2001, the club asserted that a poll of Islington residents found that 70% were in favour and received the backing from the then Mayor of London, Ken Livingston. The club launched a campaign to aid the project in the run-up to Christmas and planted the slogan, Let Arsenal Support Islington, on advertising hoardings and in the backdrop of manager Arsene Wenger's press conferences. Islington Council approved Arsenal's planning application on the 10th of December 2001, voting in favour of the Ashburton Grove development. The council also consented to the transfer of the existing waste recycling plant in Ashburton Grove to Loff Road. Livingston approved the plans a month later and was then motioned to the then Transport Secretary Stephen Byers, who initially delayed making a final decision. 
he had considered whether to refer the scheme to a public inquiry, but eventually decided not to. Planning permission was granted by Islington Council in May 2002, but local residents and ISCA launched a late challenge in the High Court, arguing the plans were against the law. Duncan Olsey dismissed the case in July 2002, paving the way for Arsenal to start work. The club succeeded in further legal challenges brought by small firms in January 2005, as the High Court upheld a decision by the then Deputy Prime Minister John Prescott to grant a compulsory purchase order in support of the scheme. The stadium later became an issue in the local elections in May 2006. The Metropolitan Police restricted supporters' coaches to being parked in the nearby Sobel Sports Centre rather than in the underground stadium car park and restricted access to 14 streets on match days. These police restrictions were conditions of the stadium's health and safety certificate, which the stadium requires to operate and open. The road closures were passed at a council meeting in July 2005. Securing finance for the stadium project provided a challenge as Arsenal received no public subsidy from the government. Whereas Wenger claimed French clubs paid nothing at all for their stadium, nothing at all for their maintenance, and Bayern Munich paid one euro for their ground, Arsenal were required to buy the site outright in one of London's most expensive areas. The club therefore sought other ways of generating income, such as making a profit on player trading. Arsenal recouped over £50 million from transfers, including Nicolas Anelka to Real Madrid and Marc Overmeyer and Emmanuel Petit to Barcelona. The transfer of Anelka partly funded the club's new training ground in London Colney, which opened in October 1999. The club also agreed new sponsorship deals. In September 2000, Granada Media Group purchased a 5% stake in Arsenal for £47 million. As part of the acquisition, Granada became the premier media agent for Arsenal, handling advertising, sponsorship, merchandising, publishing and licensing agreements. The club's managing director, Keith Edelman, confirmed in a statement that the investment would be used directly to fund the new stadium. The collapse of ITV Digital, part owned by Granada, in April 2002 coincided with news that the company was tied in to pay £30 million once arrangements for the new stadium were finalised. In September 2002, Arsenal formulated plans to reduce its players' wage bill after making a pre-tax loss of £22.3 million for the 2001-02 financial year. The club appointed NM Rothschild & Sons to examine its financial situation and advise whether it's feasible for construction to press ahead at the end of March 2003. Although Arsenal secured a £260 million loan from a group of banks led by the Royal Bank of Scotland, the club suspended work on Ashburton Grove in April 2003, saying, We have experienced a number of delays in arrangements for our new stadium project in recent months across a range of issues. The impact of these delays is what will now be unable to deliver a stadium opening for the start of the 2005-06 season. The cost of building the stadium, forecasted at £400 million, had risen by £100 million during that period. Throughout the summer of 2003, Arsenal gave fans the opportunity to register their interest in a relaunched bond scheme. The club planned to issue 3,000 bonds for between £3,500 and £5,000 each for a season ticket at Highbury, then at Ashburton Grove. Supporters reacted negatively to the news. AISA chairman Steve Powell said in a statement, We are disappointed that the club has not consulted supporters before announcing a new bond scheme. Though Arsenal never stated how many bonds were sold, they did raise several million pounds through the scheme. The club also extended its contract with sportswear provider Nike in a deal worth £55 million over seven years. Nike paid a minimum of £1 million each year as a royalty payment contingent on sales. Funding for the stadium was secured in February 2004. 
Later in the year, Emirates bought naming rights for the stadium in a 15-year deal estimated at £100 million that also included a seven-year shirt sponsorship, starting in the 2006-07 season. The stadium name is colloquially shortened from Emirates Stadium to The Emirates, although some supporters continue to use the formal name Ashburton Grove or even The Grove, particularly those who object to the concept of corporate sponsorship of stadium names. Due to UEFA regulations on stadium sponsors, the ground is referred to as Arsenal Stadium for European matches, which was the official name of Highbury. Emirates and Arsenal agreed to a new deal worth £150 million in November 2012, and shirt sponsoring was extended to five years, while naming rights were extended to 2028. Actual construction of the stadium began once Arsenal secured funding. The club appointed Sir Robert McAlpine in January 2002 to carry out building work, and the stadium was designed by Populous, who were architects for the Stadium Australia, home of the 2000 Olympics, and the redevelopment of Ascot Racecourse. The first phase of demolition was completed in March 2004, and two months later, stand piling on the west, east and north stands had been concluded. Two bridges over the Northern City Railway Line connecting the stadium to Drayton Park were also built. These were completed in August 2004. The stadium topped out in August 2005, and external glazing, power and water tank installation was completed by December 2005. The first seat in the new stadium was ceremonially installed on the 13th of March 2006 by Arsenal midfielder Abu Dhabi. DD Grassmaster was selected as the pitch installer and Hewitt Sports Turf was contracted to design and construct the playing field. Floodlights were successfully tested for the first time on the 25th of June 2006 and a day later the goalposts were erected. In order to obtain the license needed to open, the Emirates Stadium hosted three non-full capacity events. The first ramp-up event was a shareholder open day on the 18th of July 2006. The second, an open training session for 20,000 selected club members, held two days later. The third event was Dennis Bergkamp's testimonial match against Ajax on the 22nd of July 2006. The Emirates Stadium was officially opened by Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, on the 26th of October 2006. His wife, Queen Elizabeth II, had suffered a back injury and was unable to carry out her duty. Prince Philip quipped to the crowd, Well, you may not have my wife, but you've got the second most experienced plaque unveiler in the world. The royal visit echoed the attendance of the Queen's uncle, the Prince of Wales, later King Edward VIII, at the official opening of Highbury's West Stand in 1932. As a result of the change of plan, the Queen extended to the club the honour of inviting the chairman, manager and first team to join for afternoon tea at Buckingham Palace. Held on the 15th of February 2007, the engagement marked the first time a football club had been invited to the palace for such an event. Interest on the £260 million debt was set at a commercial fixed rate over a 14-year period. To refinance the cost, Arsenal planned to convert the money into a 30-year bond financed by banks. The proposed bond issue went ahead in July 2006. Arsenal issued £210 million worth of 13.5-year bonds with a spread of 52 basis points over government bonds and £50 million worth of 7.1-year bonds with a spread of 22 basis points over LIBOR. It was the first publicly marketed asset-backed bond issue by a European football club. The effective interest rate on these bonds is 5.14% and 5.9% respectively and are due to be paid back over a 25-year period. The move to bonds has reduced the club's annual debt service cost to approximately £20 million a year. In September 2010, Arsenal announced that the Highbury Square development, one of the main sources of income to reduce the stadium debt, was now debt-free and making revenue. 
When Arsenal moved to the Emirates Stadium, the club prioritised repaying the loans over strengthening the playing squad. Arsenal's self-sustaining model relied heavily on qualifying for the UEFA Champions League. As Wenger recalled in 2016, we had to be three years in the Champions League out of five and have an average of 54,000 people, and we didn't know we would be capable of that. The club sold several experienced players through the late 2000s and early 2010s and raised ticket prices, upsetting supporters who called for change. Wenger took umbrage over criticism and revealed the bank loans were contingent on his commitment to the club. The banks wanted the technical consistency to guarantee that we had a chance to pay them back. I did commit and I stayed under very difficult circumstances. So for me to come back on top of that, the critics reproach me for not having won the championship during that period is a bit overboard. Wenger later described the stadium move as the toughest period of his life because of the restrictive finances in place. So I hope you've enjoyed our look at the second part of the Arsenal Stadium, which looked at the Emirates Stadium, its development and their start. Join us next time when we look at part three, our final part at the Arsenal Stadium, when we look at the Emirates Stadium and how it's been used up to the present day. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or through our social media. It's that easy. And these stadium ones have been requested by a listener, so thanks very much. Thanks for listening and really hope you've enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon in the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.